Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. In your Bibles, if you will, turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35. I want to start out tonight talking to you about obtaining a good report. We started on Sunday to talk to you about faith. And as I was preparing for the conference, I had my heart set on what I was going to start the conference with. And the Lord spoke to my heart and told me to stay in the vein of faith. Stay in the vein of faith. How many of you could take a dose of teaching on faith? Now, I want to say, now, now, now uh, all my members, I want to say, I'm, I'm going to be preaching primarily tonight to the pastors and their leaders, but you know the overflow is for you, amen? In order to do what God has called you to do, you're going to need faith. The enemy is not going to sit by and allow you to obey the Lord and win cities that he has been occupying for years. If you read the Bible and have an understanding of Scripture, what you'll find is that there are certain principalities, certain spirits given authority over cities and municipalities. When God sends a man, a woman, or a team of people to a city to raise up a church or to disciple his people, what you must understand is what God is looking for is an overthrow. God is, God is seeking in his own way, uh, fulfilling a plan that has been on his books for years, to move into this city and actually overthrow spirits that have kept the people bound. Now, he could have used angels. It would have been a perfect plan. Use angels. They're flawless. Amen. They reflect his glory effortlessly. They have no will of their own. They just submitted to God. He could have used angels. But God chose to use men. He chose to use men and women. And he sends us to cities, and he tells us to be obedient to him, and then he will shine through us. He will glorify himself through us. So it requires us to have faith. You have to have a certain amount of confidence in God and a confidence about what God has called you to do in order to be successful. For those of us who say, well, Pastor, I don't have a ministry yet. Well, listen, your living is your ministry. That's the first ministry is how you live before the Lord. So how many of you know you have a ministry? Let me see. Yeah, everybody say, I have a ministry. Yeah, matter of fact, before you're called, before you open your mouth, your life is going to say something about you. Amen? In the Bible, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse, 4, verse 35. When you're there, signify by saying amen. The Bible reads, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now, I want to point out a few things uh, as we read the scripture I'm going to be teaching as we go, because it's critical for you to know that the Lord is speaking to you. Everybody say, God is talking to me. When when I went to my first uh, uh, leadership development conference, uh, Dr. Haley was teaching, and I'll never forget this, and I went there to hear about the mechanics of ministry. I want you to teach me how to, how to run a church. I already started a church, and I was called to preach. I'd been preaching before, had pastored before, but I want him to tell me how to do it. I'm just sitting there saying, come on, doc, show me how to do it. But the first thing he talked to us about was faith in God. One of the first things that Bishop Nate Holcomb ever said to me was this. He said, you're not qualified for ministry until you realize that with God, there is no hard case. The power of God is the answer to all the people's problems. When the ministry forgets that the power of God is the answer to the problems, the church is in trouble. So tonight, as we teach faith, it's going to be so basic. Tell your neighbor it's going to be basic. Call him by the name you met him earlier. Tell him it's going to be basic, real basic. 
Don't look for anything deep. It's going to be real, real basic. Because, what, listen, we have started to, to major on the minors and minor on the major that we turn the whole thing upside down. So the Bible says here that we can't cast away our confidence because our confidence has recomp- a great recompense of reward. And what it simply means is this, is that when it comes time for your reward, you have to give something in exchange for the reward. You stand in the line for your reward, and when you come up, what God is going to ask you for is your confidence. Where's your boldness? Where's your outspokenness? Because you are, you're going to have to declare what it is God is going to do. How many of you understand what I just said? Your confidence is what you're going to exchange for your reward. And the Bible says that you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God. Everybody say after. Yeah, after I've done the will of God, then I inherit the promise. Everything, listen, people come into ministry expecting God to give them things on on the front end when the the, the reality is you you have to obey God first and then after you've obeyed the Lord, after you've done the will of God, then he gives you the promise. Got to do the will of God first. The enemy is not going to let you just do the will of God without opposition, without resistance. Amen? So he says you have to need a patience. Now watch this now. Verse, verse, uh, 30, verse 37 says, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Let me, let me uh, bring a word out before, again before we get into the meat of the lesson. The word just, we, we have taken this word to be a short for the word justified. But this word, when you study it in the Greek, it simply means the person who is fit for the call. The, the chosen person who God has placed in a certain position, the Bible says this just person, the one that God has, has already approved before he has done anything, the Bible says this person must live by 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 faith got to live by faith in other words you have to deal with realities that are not yet present in the earth you're gonna have to call things that be not as though they were you're gonna have to operate on things as if you already have them and you don't have them yet you're gonna have to make make bold proclamations in the face of critical others you're gonna have to say things that you believe that you have no other proof about and if you can't do that, then that's the exit right there. If you can't do it, you got to leave. Listen, you must understand that God is calling for people who are willing to obey him with nothing else to go on but his word. Nothing else to go on but his. Nothing else to go on but his. God says it. That settles it. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it, and this is the text I want to talk from tonight, for by it the elders obtained a good report. By it the elders obtained a good report. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. I want us tonight now to, um, to focus on this lesson as we deal with Hebrews chapter 11. Everybody knows about the, the, the hall of faith. The hall of fame of faith is in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. This, this, this chapter presents to us a constellation of heroic figures. These men and women um, were immortalized on the pages of this chapter because they, they secured uh, something with God by obedience. Now, what you must understand, this is the chapter is not so much about what they believed, but it's what they attempted, it's what they denied, what they accomplished, what they demanded, and what they declared because they believed. The Bible says believing is not enough because the devils believe and they tremble. 
But you have got to get to a place where what you believe so moves you, so sticks in your heart that you're willing to act and speak in the face of others that can't see what you see, that don't believe what you believe. Speak it boldly and without shame. And the Bible says all these people that are listening to Hebrews chapter 11, they have this thing in common. What they have in common is, is that God said something to them, they believed him, and they acted upon it. Amen? Now, from this chapter, what we are going to learn is that there are various means available to us uh, by which we can release our faith so that our work will benefit us and benefit others. The definition of faith is, is not what you see in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. That's actually the function of faith. Hebrews 11, verse 1 is the function of faith. But in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it sets us up to understand that faith is acting or speaking with nothing else to go on but the Word of God. Belief, by definition, is receiving or accepting as, as a fact that which I cannot verify with my five physical senses. So notice now, believing and faith, they're not the same things. One is a noun, the other really is a verb. When I believe, it, say, it says something about what I've accepted. Faith talks about what I'm willing to do. You got it? Now, these simple differences, I, I make a joke. I heard when I first came to the body of Christ, people used to boast about praying about something for 50 years. We've been praying about this for 50 years. And I used to say, man, you're so spiritual. Can you imagine having, having the tenacity to pray, Pastor Bosch, for 50 years? you 65 years old. You say, I've been praying for 50 years. I used to say, my God, that's a spiritual person. But when I started to walk with God in the ministry and try to get things done in the ministry, I realized if you're praying for 50 years about something and it's not happened yet, you're doing something wrong. Then I discovered James, where he says, faith without works is as the, as the body without the spirit, so is faith without works. So you could be praying about something, but don't have the courage to start. Don't have the courage to begin. And if you don't have the courage to begin, God has nothing to feel. Now, some of you just heard the Lord, and you can really close your Bible and go home. You just heard the Lord. You catch your plane, go right back to where you came from. The Lord just spoke to you. Amen? But we will continue. So I want, you, I want you to follow these definitions that the Lord has dropped in my spirit. Faith is acting or speaking with nothing else to go on but the word of God. It is being fully persuaded that God is trustworthy and that his word will always come to pass. The word of God always comes to pass. Faith is action based in belief and sustained by confidence. Write it down. Faith is action that is based in belief and sustained by confidence. I call that the ABC of faith. Got it? As a result of this confidence in God and his word, we operate with boldness and declare the decree of the Lord, thereby allowing God to bring his will to pass on our behalf. Now, we're going to talk tonight about obtaining a good report. And what we're dealing with when we deal with this report is what people and God are saying about you. Now, how many of you know that right now somebody's saying something about you? And how many of you know that everything they say about you is not true? <laughs> Somebody talking about you. No matter what you do, folk are going to talk about you. Anybody live long enough to figure that out? So if they're going to talk about you, why don't you just give them something good to talk about? 
Pastors, if your church, if you start a church and it fails, they're going to talk about you. If you, talk, if you start church and ain't nobody coming, they're going to talk about your empty church. You got it? Might as well just go all the way and give them something good to talk about. They're going to talk anyway. Amen? Now watch this, watch this. Go in your Bible to Psalm chapter 2. The Bible says that by faith the elders obtain a good report. And the Bible speaks of the elders are these men, these men and women, who God called to do specific works, called to do special tasks. And the Bible says as they're doing what God tells them to do, God is speaking concerning them while other people are talking about them. The good report of, the, of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 2 is a, is a report that God wants to give concerning you. God right now is grading your report card. He's, 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 making, he's making notes concerning the thing he's given you to do. It's amazing to me, it's amazing to me that when I first came to this city, um, the, the preachers that I met told me, they said, folk don't go to church in Dothan. Specifically, they said, black folk don't go to church in Dothan. And so what I told them was, they're going to come to my church. And they looked at me like, you're so arrogant. Who do you think you are? And I told them, I said, right now, I had a little church. I said, I got people driving from Andalusia and from Columbus, Georgia. He said, you lying. I said, I'm telling you the truth. He said, man, people don't come, folk don't come across the street to come to my church. I was thinking to myself, Doc, I, I won't tell anybody that. <laughs> then I found out that the, the, club, that the church owned the club in the city or in the neighborhood. Now, now you, can't, you can't own the church and the nightclub too and expect folk to come to church. How many of you understand that? So the reason they won't come is because they were already, you already had a report. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to, you have to trust that God is like a person, he's a real person, and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Psalm chapter 2, are you there? Look with me at verse 7. Is this verse 7 I said? Psalm chapter 2 and verse 7. Why don't you lift your voices and read with me? Ready? Let's read. I will decree... Uh-huh. The Lord hath said unto me, Now, read again, read again, verse 7. 
I will declare the decree. The Lord has sent to me. Uh huh. Now read verse eight. Ask of me. Uh huh. Now Psalm chapter two qualifies as what we call a messianic psalm. And what it means is at some point while the psalmist is writing, playing his instrument and writing songs, the Holy Spirit takes him over and, and the pre-incarnate Jesus is actually speaking through David. They're called messianic psalms where, where uh, um, um, there's one psalm where David is writing and he just says, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Well, he, he wrote that, but Jesus said it. It's a messianic psalm. Here now he's saying, I will declare the decree the Lord had said unto me, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Now understand now that when God makes a decree, what it is, it's a rule. It's a rule of order. It, it is an appointment that God has set in the earth that has a strategic time. It's, it should come to pass at a particular time in history. We call them Kiros moments. It has, it has a scheduled unveiling. The call of God upon your life is, is dealing with the fact that God has things that he wants to unfold at a certain time, and he's called you to bring his word to pass. That's called a decree. Everybody say the decree. The decree. decree. Say the decree of the, Lord. decree of the Lord. Now, notice now what Jesus said in, in this verse. He says, I will declare the decree. I will declare, declare the decree. And here's, here's why that's important. It's important because, and here we go. You've heard me, uh, my members have heard me say this a million times, but just get on board. In eternity past, the will of God saw no opposition. It was God's will and God's will only. In eternity future, the will of man will be submitted to the will of God. But in eternity present, the, the part of, of eternity we call time, God has on purpose submitted his will to the will of man. Every time I say that, it always slays sacred cows. I always let it sink in. In eternity present, God has submitted his will to the will of man. Because when God gave authority in the earth to Adam, Adam gave that authority to the enemy. So now God cannot arbitrarily come into the earth and do what he wants to do. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, we have, we have to ask God to come into the earth and do the thing that he scheduled. Now watch this. I want to show you what's important about this. So God can set a decree that has to do anything that has to do with mankind, it, God can't just do it on his own. Now hold your place here. I want to show you something because I want to come back and deal with verse, verse 8. Go to the 148th Psalm, Psalm 148. I want to show you something. When God makes a decree that concerns nature, to a certain extent, nature has to obey him. You said, Pastor, you said to a certain extent. Well, when Adam sinned, the whole earth went under rebellion. How many of you understand that? And so there's certain decrees that God has established, and it were, not, were not for the decree of the Lord, things will go crazy. And the more sin uh, saturates the, the, the uh, atmosphere, as you read the book of Revelation, you're going to see that certain uh, elements that God has decreed will start to come out of their position. Stars are going to start falling out of the sky and all kinds of craziness. But I want to show you how this decree works. Psalm 148, verse 1, are you there? It says, praise you the Lord, praise you the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights. Praise him, praise him, all his angels, praise him, all his host. Praise him, sun and moon, praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. Now watch this now. He hath also established them, or established them forever. He hath made a decree which shall not 
past. Now notice all these things that God mentions here, that's mentioned in the psalm. The Bible says that God created them, and the way they praise him is that they stay in place. They praise him by obeying the decree he made concerning them. I'm going to give you a powerful one. I don't have time to go to that scripture. But in the scripture, the Bible begins to talk about the decree that God established concerning the ocean. Now, how many of you know that the earth is about 67% water? And that there is no scientific reason why the water does not overthrow the land. Except for one thing. The Bible says that God gave a decree to the sea. And he told the sea, wherever you see beach... Wherever you see sand, you stop right there. You come up and no further. And so what we call breakers and waves coming in is nothing but the water obeying the decree of the Lord. Now watch this now. By, 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 the ocean obeying, by the ocean coming up to the sand, to the shore, and backing out again, it is declaring the decree of the Lord. My prayer is by the end of this conference, pastors, you and your leaders will be biting the back out of the chair in front of you. <laughs> a lot of us came here, we, we reeled together. You know, as a pastor, we got we to be together. We can't just be up here cutting the food. But I want you to become undignified. Amen. I'm believing, God, you will go home a different person. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Now watch this. Go back to Psalm chapter 2. How many of you see now that there's a decree that God has made, and in your life there's a decree that God has made concerning you? The rule is no one comes to the earth without an assignment. If you are in the earth, you have an assignment. If you have failed God miserably over and over again and you're still here, that means he's not giving up on you. That means your assignment is still intact. How many of you understand that? Psalm chapter 2, verse 7 again. So now we, we read this with understanding. The psalmist says, I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. Now watch this now. God has already declared it, or decreed it. Now I have declared it. Now watch this now. But still, I got to ask him. It's his will. He already told me what he wants to do. But look at verse 8 now. Ask of me, and I will give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the othermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Now here's my question. If you read verse 6 of that same chapter, you see that God says, I already made you king. Verse 7 says, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, psalm is writing, of course, under the inspiration of the Lord Jesus Christ says, I'm going to declare what God says. But then in verse 8, he still has to ask for it. Because of what we just said, in eternity present, God cannot just arbitrarily do what he wants to do. Say, Pastor, I just can't believe that God is sovereign. But he has submitted his sovereignty to the will of man. Let me prove it to you. I'm a simple proof. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. How many believe that God, God, the Bible says God does not want sinners to, to, uh, to perish, but come to repentance? How many believe that? Believe that? Believe that? Okay, so the word says that God, the will of God, not willing that any should what? Perish, but that all should come to but people are dying and going to hell every day. If God's will was so sovereign in the earth, what God will do is he'll save everybody today and we'll be in the millennium tomorrow. And religion has taught us some crazy stuff about God. And God has had to, have to, he's had to wait until certain generations died off so he could teach a new generation how to, how to interact with him. Okay, now, so, so based on that, we're going to learn some things about faith tonight. You all ready to learn? Yes. Now, 
In order to walk by faith, well, 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 we're not do- Yeah, let's go on. Let's go and do it. L- let, me, let me give you this other part of the definition. I gotta, I gotta be thorough tonight. When we talk about the decree again, you must understand it is a determination of God. It is an appointment. It is something that God already determined to do. Now, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, I think chapter 1, chapter 2, but when you read scripture, I think it's in chapter 2, that the Holy Spirit is not arbitrary when he chooses words. He marries natural things with spiritual things and spiritual words with spiritual things. The Holy Spirit chose the language of scripture carefully. The Hebrew language is one of the most beautiful languages in the world, and the Greek language is one of the most thorough languages in the world. And if you study history, you'll find that the the, uh, the Greeks really took over and, and the world became Greek just shortly before the Lord Jesus Christ came. So much so that when Jesus appears on the scene, not long ago, all of the scriptures had been translated into into Greek because of, of, of the desire or the need for it being thorough. How many of you understand that? This is important. Now, when we, when we deal with this word declare, it means that I'm going to announce and speak out what God has already decreed. Here's the problem. When, if God has decreed it, and he, it is his will, he can't bring it into the earth until someone declares it. If, 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 he, if the human will is involved. Now, for the ocean and the star, everything he mentioned in Psalm 148, all those things he mentioned, the angels, the, the heaven, the stars, they, they're going to obey because there's, there's not a human will involved. They're going to they, be where they have to be, do what they got to do. They're going to declare the decree. But when there's a human will involved, how do you not know that it hasn't happened before and no one has done it before because you're the one that's supposed to come into the earth and, de- declare, and declare the decree? When I first came to this city, I'll never forget this. I was, I was on the phone with Dr. Hilliard back in, in 1997, uh, um, and I said to him, I said, Doc, I think we were, it was the end of October 1997, I said, Doc, I said, you know, I just believe I'm in the wrong city. Uh, we, we were in Ozark. I said, I just, it just doesn't feel comfortable. I think I'm in the wrong place. You know, we, we've been persecuted, and, and you know, and I, I could see the argument they make, and I said, I know what God sent us, but it just doesn't seem, it's not available to me right now. I just have to do what I have to do. And he says to me, he says, here's what I want you to understand, Ramsey. He says, if God has given you a city, you're not going to succeed till you get there. He said, you have to get to the place. He said, you have to understand something. It's not even about you. I was looking for security. I was, I was comfortable where I was, but he says, listen, either God called you or he didn't. I said, what well, he called me. He said, well, get to where you need to be. There's a long story behind that, but God confirmed it in the mouth of two or three witnesses. When we moved to the city, watch this. Mothers told me we've been praying for years for you to come. There, there were buildings available. Uh, there were contractors available. I walked into a music store, and the guy said to me, when I told, he, matter of fact, a, a prophet told me, go down to this city, go into the music store, and tell him your name. And here's what he's going to tell you. So I walked, I went down to the city, and, and I, I went to the music store. Matter of fact, I, I, I should tell you the city. It's the city of Op. Anybody know what Opportunity, Alabama is? What Op is? <laughs> no, no, there's a real place called Op. Yes. I didn't even know that. He sent me to Op. I walked into this music store, and there's an old, old country uh, uh, guy in there. He owned a store. Just, I mean, just, just as, as southern as he wants to be. And I said to him, I'm looking around, and I, I saw some, some uh, uh, instruments and stuff in there. I saw some stuff we could use for the church. And I said, I said uh, how much is this stuff right here? He's answering all the questions. And I said to him, uh, by the way, my name is Hart Ramsey. He turned, he looked at me, he says, Hart Ramsey, Hart Ramsey. 
And I, I told him, I said, Fred sent me. He said, oh, you're the pastor. He said, oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. Look around, anything you want in the store, let me know. We put an account for you. God had already raised up people to give me equipment. Already raised up people, listen, to put air conditioning in the church, to put carpet in. There were deals available. I had men in the church. I, the men built the first platform in the church. I didn't know what I was doing. They told me, get out of the way. They saw, they saw me trying to use a hammer. I was trying to, I was there helping, trying to help. I wanted to do something. And one brother came and said, Pastor, put the hammer down. Put, back away from the hammer. They came and took the hammer from me. He said, man of God, you, you just study the word. Let, let's take care of this. God, he had the whole thing set up. Because, watch this now, because I was willing to declare what he had already decreed. And watch, watch this. God, God already knows what he's going to do. Turn, somebody, turn to somebody and tell him, God already knows what he's going to do. Just needs someone to believe him. Just needs somebody to believe him. Amen. All right. So in order to walk by faith, in order to walk by faith, we must choose, we, we must understand where faith begins. And so we're going to do some review for, for uh, my, my members. We covered this on Sunday, but we want, we want to uh, deal with this tonight. Uh, the Bible says, go to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans 10, verse 17. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram at Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.